giant back again ready to deliver the goods and i have two wonderful co-hosts who's ready to roll with me through this episode it's your boy young cleasy you already know aka what's that in the back of your fridge aka you gonna finish that aka donnell sterling back at it again let's go he'll never keep his name the same man dang <laughs> yo i got warrants get- bro i got a low <laughs> profile dog and this is Andy, a.k.a. Lit Romney. Wait, what? Yo, name changes. Y'all not telling me. Lit, Lit Romney? Nah, son. <laughs> yo, wait, hold Lit up, Romney. man. I'm not oh. even mad at the name. I'm just like, yo, can we get, can I get a, can we get, can I get informed first? We've crossed the Rubicon, man. With some new, with a, with a new job. Everybody every renaming them. <laughs> Changes. Renaming themselves. All right, man. Well, cool. I hope everybody listening is persevering, doing well, blessed of God and all that good stuff. We got a couple of, I think, interesting things to talk about. The internet is changing, lots of new things. You want to just talk about that. And then right as we're recording this episode, the bombshell interview dropped with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry as they talked about why they left the royal family and came to America. And so we want to just give our thoughts and reflections on that it's coming so. to america <laughs> <laughs> yo that's the first coming to america oh, man. <laughs> and yeah i didn't even see that the, the coming to america the second one i'm hearing mixed don't. reviews i gotta check that out you said don't, don't see yourself. it don't oh, don't no. play yourself oh, oh okay don't do it some people like it though i don't know i haven't seen it yet but anyway don't guys talk. keep it locked you are listening to the city image episode we will be right back Welcome back, guys, to the City Image Podcast. Y'all, what is Clubhouse, man? You haven't been on Clubhouse yet? Nah, man. I actually don't know what that is. All I know is a bunch of rappers and, like, ratchet folk been having beef on it. Yeah. And that's it's just been the source of controversy. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anything about it. It's essentially people got lonely during COVID and no one had anyone to talk to. Yeah. Although it was definitely in development before COVID, but it really popped off because it was like, you can't leave your house. You can have some conversation. So Andy, I'll let you, I'll let you. It's like back in the day, if you ever went on like an AOL chat room when you were like 13, it's like that, except it's, except it's an audio version of it. And so basically you sign in and there's 50 different rooms where people are having like an audio chat and you could hop on stage and speak about speak your mind on whatever issue and so it's pretty crazy there's like politicians on there there's celebrities like uh 21 savage is pretty much literally on there at all times and like has his own room and you could just like talk to these people on clubhouse i think Lindsay lohan had a clubhouse going this weekend i don't know it's like this new social media thing that if you get in now it's still like an early adoption but yeah i don't know have clay have you had like any experience on there yeah i'm still figuring out clubhouse i 
I've gotten to the point where I just I can hop into different uh, rooms. It's cool, man. It's like a live podcast, essentially, and the, and yeah. the crowd can participate. So you go to different rooms with different interests. So someone might create a room that's weirdest to SpongeBob quotes. And people just talking about weird SpongeBob quotes. And that's just the purpose of that room. You can make it about anything. And it's just you know, having conversations. You can get, you have everything from like nonsense club rooms to club rooms with, with experts in particular fields. And you're hearing them talk on subjects and you can raise your hand and the moderators of the room can call on you to speak and ask you questions or make a comment. And it's a cool interactive way, but it, it's, it, you use it. You use it however, like you can use it for great things or you can use it to just do whatever. But I think it's an awesome tool to, if you're just sitting around the house doing nothing, you want to hear a cool conversation or if, something. It that, feels, it feels like Facebook in 2009. I'll put it like that. Like it's, it's still pure is the best way to put it. Cause I don't know if you guys got zoom bombed when COVID first happened, but I got zoom bombed like at a public event and it's, it doesn't make sense why they have these public audio forums and people are just not jumping in and acting a fool and like being crazy and stuff. Actually my friend, so <laughs> there was this room where people were like upset about Dr. Seuss books getting canceled. And my friend went in there <laughs> And he was talking about, he was basically trolling and he was like, yeah, like I work for Betty Crocker and I have inside knowledge that like Dunkaroos is going to get canceled because the kangaroo represents like Australia and like imperialism. And like they, they, <laughs> These like journalists were like believing him for 10 minutes. And yeah, I imagine right. j just like every other social media thing, it's either going to become completely corrupted by trolls or just get ruined by the corporate side of it, like Facebook and, and, you, and Instagram you, you and gotta, stuff. It's, it's like by invite only right now. So it's, like it's by invite only. And so we got this one time offer for any listener of city image. If you <laughs> like <laughs> and comment and give us a five-star review on iTunes and screenshot it and email it to the sit to city image podcast at gmail.com. I or clay will personally send you a clubhouse invite. So if you can't get in, no, now is your on, chance. Why are you speaking for me, bro? I'm trying to sell. I'm trying to sell my invites as NFTs, dog. I'm trying to make money, bro. I gotta get the bag. You out here like we're okay. gonna give it away? Absolutely not. NFT. That's right. You gotta pay me to get that invite. What What is an <laughs> NFT though? What is an NFT, bro? You're not on Clubhouse and you're not on NFTs, man. Bro, I'm. Not, yo, I'm you're still, a caveman. I'm so. Listen, man, I I just got wiped. What is this? Guys. What is this? January twenty twenty. I just got brought. I just got brought. I just got on my my AOL. I just got on AOL. All right, I don't know all this stuff. What are NFTs, Clay? You want to tell us about NFTs? Yeah, NFT stands for non fungible. That's it, right? Fungible. Be careful. <laughs> Get your Googles. <laughs> NFT stands for non-fungible token. So it is a type of cryptographic token, and it represents something unique. So that means I can make some kind of digital content. Now, if I upload it to YouTube, anyone can get it. 
anyone could say, hey, this is my video when I'm the creator of it. What the NFT does is essentially, if I understand it, it's encrypted. It's like a blockchain, like your cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. It has a, a specific serial number, for example. It's one of one, right? So this particular file, it's only, you have the authentic only one copy of this thing. You have the original work. So it's like having the original Mona Lisa except digital form. Now, how do you prove that, hey, I have the original version of this thing, whether it be a uh, baseball card, because there's, and I'll let Andy talk on that, but there's baseball cards, Pokemon cards, whatever, just digital content. If I own the NFT, I have the receipt, I can show I have it and it's worth this. And so it's this weird matchup of we are deciding that certain things have value, but then we're backing it up with technology and this encryption that kind of protects the, I don't know if it's the IP or just the original good that was exchanged. Brian, you like basketball highlights? You like NBA highlights? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. What if, what if I told you that for the low price of $150,000, you could buy a LeBron James and it's yours? I would say that I don't think that's worth that money, to be honest. But well, that's why well, someone you know, does. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who do, my friend. A lot yeah, of so, do. so basically, yeah, you got NBA Top Shots, which is like a basketball collectible version of NFTs. And legit, I kid you not, there's several that have sold for more than $100,000. And all of that has to do with the rareness of it. And it's really all speculative. Like, I imagine those people think they're going to sell it for more, and they probably will. But somebody bought a GIF, actually, for $6 million. Yeah, it's it was a GIF. I don't understand um, what's going on the internet right now, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the... I feel like I woke up and the world changed on me, man. Like, what is this? People people are making guap. Here, here's how I, I feel you. Look at it like this. When the internet first popped off, Web 2.0 popped off, it was like you, you can – the only way to get a physical – something of physical value from using the internet was to purchase a physical item from someone. And so you'd use the internet to do that. But eventually it's what else can we add that? What on the internet? We can't touch things. We can't feel things just through a screen. What can we assign value and make something that is not tangible? And so this is to me the natural progression of how society is moving. The internet will go nowhere and eventually things will, we're going to look like if you ever read or saw the movie Ready Player One, like that's where we're heading. But yeah, so it's, trying to create tangible items in a world that's nothing it's nothing but code and it's at this funny zero. point where if you talk about what's actually happening you sound like a crank but <laughs> if you're normal you don't actually know that you can make a hundred thousand dollars off of a of a LeBron James video. So you decide I mean, which you, is too rough. What do you, what, what, what <laughs> do you want to die on, Doug? I feel like the way this is hitting me is that there was a time I felt like you could ignore technological advances. Like techno technology was always advancing, but I don't know. I felt like you could live in a world where you weren't necessarily overcome with the need to participate in technology. I feel like now we're becoming so 
technologically advanced and everything is moving in that direction now. I don't understand how you could not be tech informed in the world that we're living in now. It's just going to that point where it's you have to in some way involve yourself with technology. You know what I mean? And I don't know. At once I was a young kid and everything was, I had to explain things to my mom and now I'm like I'm the old dude and like folks younger than me is explaining things. I'm like, bro, I'm not even that old. Like what's going on here? But man, I seen, I forgot the name of the company that is was responsible for the robots. They put out a video the other day of a little robot. He was dancing. Did you see that video? He was, they had his, it's crazy, man. They're like, the, the robots are like dancing better than human beings now and stuff. Like they, I remember a few years ago, they could barely get it to walk and now it's dancing. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, we're, that we're, scares me, bro. We're gonna have, we're gonna have, you know, sometime in the near future, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to have episode on is having sex with your robot cheating. We're oh, gonna have to have one of those episodes. Goodness. We're moving in that direction, people. Oh, Just, man. Is it unbiblical? That is the question. That but, is, you know, <laughs> but on a serious note, the, these are questions that pastors are going to have to start legitimately having conversations about in the church. It's just, it's, it's going to be a whole new area of, of shepherding and care. A pastor would not have ever had to contemplate talking about what is a biblical human interaction with a, an AI, (laughs) right? Now we're in that information where, Pastors and theologians and Christian philosophers are going to have to try to discern biblically what it, what does it look like for human interaction with technology. It, it, it's, 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 a it's a Look at the progression. We look at the progression. It used to be when I was coming up, if you met someone online, you're like, like when you I see a couple, you're like, how'd you meet? And they're like online, you're like, whoa, weirdo psychos, right? Now I cannot Man. remember the last person that I met, the last couple that I met, that a new couple that did not meet online. I, like I'm like, does anyone meet anybody anymore? Like we're we're heading <laughs> into just letting technology d- decide our lives for us and 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 shape our lives, and so we're giving up. That's what scares me. Like, how much are we giving up of our human choice? The things that Jeez. we need to naturally work out in our minds and in our spirits. How much are we? What's that word? When we send stuff to be made in China. <laughs> Deporting? I don't know. I don't know. Import, export? No, no, no. Outsource. Outsource, got you. How much of a... I need to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm a leader, bro. I stand on it. Um, I'm a double down. That's what we do. Yeah. How much of our lives are we are we out? Yeah. How much are we outsourcing? That's what scares me. But hey, the world is changing, man, and it's just really just what it is. You just have to, man. You you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention, man. You can't just sit sit back and just let the world change into we just gotta be vigilant participants. And that doesn't mean you go out and you buy Bitcoin or whatever, but you gotta understand it at least. You gotta know what's happening around you because who knows what this world will morph into. This is not financial advice. This is not financial advice. This is not financial (laughs) advice. Nothing that we say on here. No, if you're listening to us Know that you have a disclaimer that you should not be listening to us when you make financial decisions. (laughs) That is on you. 
definitely don't listen to me. <laughs> my, my whole point was we do got to pay attention, man. Because I, I, I just sure. think that part of our, we're supposed to be salt and light in this world. We do got to pay attention to the trends, man. And te- technology and the whole wave of technology and everything from social media to robots to Bitcoin to everything. It's just, yo, how, what, what do we make of this, right? Like, nah, dude, mark of, the, mark of the beast, bro. We have to pay with <laughs> everything. You know, we're going to start paying with our wrists and stuff. And it's the mark of the beast. We out. I know there's some pastors somewhere preaching like, yo, Bitcoin's market. People are always afraid. Of I know. It's, it's a new market of beats coming out, bro. You remember when like Apple Pay was the market of remember. Beats? Oh, I remember. Phone. No, listen, I remember when I was a kid, I was in Trinidad because oh, at one point I had to go back to Trinidad because my, my immigration status wasn't quite figured out yet. And I was born in Trinidad and I had to go to school down there for a little bit. And I remember having a conversation with a teacher just back in the nineties. They're just introducing the Metro car to New York city Metro. And I remember having a conversation with one of my teachers. Yeah. The Metro car, that's the market of beast. (laughs) The the Metro car is the market of beast. And I was like, wow crazy and i'm like yeah hey there's always a new market of beast yo it's crazy man tech is something that we always gotta watch keep it locked guys you know next we're gonna just dive into the the whole debacle with this whole prince harry and and make megan markle interview that went live yeah keep it locked this is the city image podcast all right What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back. In case you've been living under a rock, which I don't think anybody who listens to this podcast lives under a rock, but I'm just saying the phrase. You would have heard that the interview that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle had with Oprah went live and the Internet exploded. Basically, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle explained why they advocated their role as senior members of the royal family and came to America. And in it, they were essentially saying that they were getting eviscerated by the British media. It was taking a toll on their mental and emotional health, that when they turned to members of the royal family for help, they received no help. And if you've been paying attention to this thing for a while, you would have recognized that the tabloids were shredding Meghan Markle and and totally finding her unfit to marry into the royal family. And much of that had racial undertones, right? Blatant racial elements as to why they were so incredibly harsh and saw her just unfit to uh, be a part of the royal family. And they were detailing why they left. And some of the things that were said was, Meghan said at one point she was suicidal. She didn't want to be left alone because things had gotten so crazy. And when she was pregnant with their first son, that Prince Harry had conversations with the unnamed senior member of the royal family that they were concerned about what the skin color of the child was going to be when it was born, that they said very clearly that they were not going to give the child an official title a member of the royal family. And so it was clear that they were not in support of the fact that a mixed race member of the royal family was 
about to be born into the world and they received no support. And it just became clear that they had to leave the situation. All of this was crazy when Oprah had very visible sort of like reactions to what was being said as she was hearing this. So she was at one point, she was like, yo, who said that about the kid and concerned about the rate, the racial skin tone of the the child. And they didn't drop any names, but it was just wild. And so British media right now, they were up in arms, man. Piers Morgan was defending the royal family. The tabloids are going crazy in the UK right now, um, doing everything they can to just discredit the story and defend the, the monarchy. So, yeah, I wanted to just give that little backstory. What were your guys' thoughts on that when you heard what, what had taken place? I saw the interview with Prince, what's his name, Harry Potter. I saw the interview with him and uh, Meghan Markle. And the way... <laughs> Oprah was trying to press my dude to find out which member of the royal family said what. And my dude was like, I'm not finna let. He looked right at Martin Megan and I saw it in his eyes. I'm not finna let you mess this money up. Listen, you and me, we might be married right now, but look, diamonds in that crown is forever. He was like, I'm not not thinking on my family. He was like, I don't feel comfortable speaking about that and stuff like that. He was probably like, look, she's not wrong, but I've been really used to living this kind of lifestyle. So in case things go south with us, I'm going to go back and chill with grandma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't totally throw y'all under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still your husband. I got to be a husband. But- yeah, I really hope that things don't go south with them because that man, this because he, he going to look real crazy trying to go back to the royal family. So the thing that's crazy about this, I, I, I really feel like America needs to be paying attention to what's happening across the pond. Because it's very similar to what's going on here. What I mean by that is, I, I think for our listeners, some may need some context into royal family. Growing up, I thought the royal family, were, they were just like figureheads. It's like, oh, look how cute it is. We still have like kings and queens. No, no, no. The queen mother is the most powerful woman in the entire world. The difference, the, the, the reason why you don't think that is because she chooses not to use her power. Now that she uses her power, interferes with the, just the, the governing of the nation or the, I don't know, empire kingdom, whatever. They don't want to overstep because then you lose support of the people. And the queen has been really intentional about uh, making sure that she is viewed as somebody who, loves her subjects and and that's so important you need the subjects that you it's so crazy you're saying sub, we're saying subjects because they are subjects you need the support of your subjects to to maintain power but what the queen has it is the queen's royal military okay royal air force like she could order battles war all that like she actually has so much more power she just chooses not to use it and at the probably at the the very worst is they just give the illusion that they don't use their power but they are very powerful and at the very least incredibly influential and so the people of england of the kingdom would most often and in in the case of pierce morgan 
they have a fondness of the queen because that's their queen, right? I don't know what that's like. I've never been part of a monarchy, but that's their queen. That's the queen mother. And so she could do no wrong. Now, on the Piers Morgan show, there is a woman, I cannot remember her name, and I wouldn't be able to pronounce it if I saw her in front of me. But there's a black woman, she gets on, and she's, they're talking about exactly what we're talking about with this scandal. And Piers Morgan is, of course, very much against what's being said about the queen. He is portraying the queen and as this, you know, kind of flawless, like, person that should... You should bow before it like a queen, but painting her in a really great light. If you are white from England, you could have that fondness of the queen. But if you are of literally any other people group that has been conquered by England, you would have a very different outlook. You, you wouldn't see her as faithful. Nice. Right now, does it make the other and she does great things? I don't take anything away from the queen, she does great things, right? Can two exist at the same time? They absolutely can. She could do great things and also very horrific things, which she has at when she's sitting at the throne since World War II. There have been atrocities that have been happening since World War II at the behest of the kingdom. So you could be a monster and a saint at the same time. If you are part of the privileged majority, you won't see with any kind of significance the horrors. But if you are the victim, all is the horrors. And so in America, I see us very similarly. I see a group of people who would love to prop up those who, who would do harm to the minority. We can... I can, we can salute the flag and we can prop up our police officers. But if I'm from a neighborhood where police come through and they harass us and they kill us, I'm not seeing any cop as anything good. So all that to say, when I see Meghan Markle talking about what she's been experiencing, it'd be really easy for me to be cynical and be like, she's just trying to like make herself more pop. Whatever people are saying, right? Whatever Piers Morgan would be saying about the motivation. But I see somebody who is a person of color, who is in, who is the minority in her immediate surroundings. I very frequently am the only black person in, in a room of people that don't look like me. I'm very frequently the only black person in a room full of white folks. I'm very, there have been times that it's been very difficult to be the only black person in those kind of settings. And because there's a lot of people in those settings who do not understand the privilege that they, they hold. They don't see this privilege. They see it as this is just the way life is. And so you have the most dominant family of human history treating someone that doesn't look like the most dominant family in human history, less than. I'm not surprised by that because we do that here. And to me, it, it, it is colonialism. It is this idea of conquering. England has conquered the world. And then folks from England came over to America and they continue to conquer. And so it's the world of the conqueror. And the conqueror doesn't see anything wrong that they do. 
they see the wrong that to do maybe as a means to an end, but the end is far greater than it is this conquer mentality. The When I see MAGA, I see people who are shouting the same phrases as those who would come to this country and conquer the people that were indigenously here. You, you know, know when just, I hear, you know, I was going to say just quickly to your point, man, if you have this rose colored view of the queen, right? The Pierce Morgan view of the, the monarchy. If you conquer people, you're doing a favor to them. You're bringing them into the the kingdom. And it doesn't matter if you're oppressing them, they get to be ruled by the queen. And so the conqueror thinks he's actually doing a favor to the oppressed. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. And if you ask the oppressed, ask the, the load of immigrants who came over in the 60s and 70s and they were met with like they were clearly not equal in England. It's so hard because you have to fight through someone's comfort. You have to fight through somebody's superiority complex. And I would submit that a byproduct of birthing a nation with the mindset of conquering until you can address and repent of that, you are doomed to repeat the same evils as your forefathers. And so I have not seen, I don't know what civil rights look like in, in England. I don't know what their struggle was, but I am not, I'm no stranger to seeing someone's, I don't know, colonialism or someone's that, that conquering mentality living in that privilege. It's no surprise to me that Meghan Markle experienced feeling less than because of the color of her skin with part of a system that helped to create the racial injustices and, and, and imbalance that we have to, we have still to this day. For me, man, when I was just reading up on this and I, I've seen like snippets of the interview, I didn't get a chance to see the whole thing. It was just, it, it was striking to me because just even looking at the reaction to a lot of people, I don't know, maybe people just think that she's a straight up liar, but I don't know if anybody actually thinks she's, people, actually, let me tell you that, the people who definitely think she's not telling the truth, but there's no real reason to discredit what she's saying, except for the fact that you are interested in upholding and preserving your tradition. And so when I looked at someone like Piers Morgan, who was trying to discredit what Harry and, and Meghan were saying, it was just crazy to me how when you have a particular tradition, and a tradition that's rooted in white supremacy, it doesn't matter how progressive you are. Like Piers Morgan would consider himself a progressive. British society is for the most part progressive in, in, in terms of how they view a lot of different issues. And yet, and still, when it's time to call them out for the ways in which they are upholding still their white supremacy and their racism and their xenophobia, they cannot hear it. They simply cannot hear it. And it's crazy because you would think that someone like Piers Morgan or someone else, or if you were going to a city, I've heard people in Europe say, we don't deal with racism as bad as Americans do. And I'm like, Man, you don't see your own blind, blind spots. I don't think Piers Morgan would have any problem criticizing the racism he sees in the American context and criticizing American institutions. But then when it comes to criticizing in long-held institutions that are in the British in, in, from his tradition, where he is, he can't see it. And he has to vigorously defend it. Just no different from, from a Southerner who 
will vehemently defend the Confederate flag or something like that, that he feels is so precious and dear to him. And it doesn't matter how much it's steeped in racism. He, he cannot say, he cannot repent, recognize it and, and call it out for what it is. And no one is asking anyone to abandon the, the constitutional monarchy or anything like that. It's just, look, look, this is a thing. Revamp the system. It was just sad that long held. And another thing too, that was just really shocking to me. It just came to my mind. I kept hearing them say, hey, like one of the things that Megan brought up was the conversation that they were having about that the child possibly being darker skinned. And I was just like, man, Megan, she could pass for white. And by the time her genetics get mixed up with Prince Harry, that child is most certainly passing for white. And yet and still, just any amount of black genetic code, any inkling of Negro in that child is enough to get them absolutely petrified. It's like they were looking for the pure white blood to carry on the tradition of white supremacy. And, and it was frustrating. I'm telling you right now, man, if Megan was a dark skinned woman, they would be going crazy. It would they would absolutely hmm. they, they're already going crazy. <laughs> if she was a dark skinned woman, they would be, I think that they would be riots in the streets. I don't know. I don't even know they, if society would be sane right now. Their society would even be logical right now. And so it, it, it's just crazy to me how the institute, like white supremacy and then the need to preserve whiteness as the image of what it means. It's very much a part of Western society, the perception of whiteness and the purity of whiteness. And it, you know, white people might not have a problem inviting you in to participate somewhat in their space. But when you try to actually say, look, what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. You try to marry my sons and I try to marry your daughters. That's when it becomes a problem. You're not progressive just because you can tolerate black people making money in your society now. Or like you can you got a black friend. Are you allowing them to be co-equal partners in the institutions that you have built. And, and that's where they felt like Megan crossed the line and Harry crossed the line. They were, Harry invited a black person to be co-heir, be, to be a part of the institution, long-held institution. And that's very different from, okay, you got the right to vote or, or something like that, or, or whatever other freedoms that they feel like they have now bestowed upon black people. Like it shows how much you view them as equal when you allow them to be co-equal in the possession of the institution. And so it, it just reveals to me like whatever progressive sort of inclinations they thought they had, they clearly didn't have it. I think it, a lot of it is, is perspective. I, I can't remember where the study was, but often you would find if you're reading through Genesis and you read about Abraham, a lot of times, and according to this whatever article, white evangelicals will read that story and kind of just go right past Abraham and, and Hagar. And I can even speak for myself as a black person that when I read that, I was, I didn't see Abraham as a hero, I saw Abraham as an oppressor to this woman and, and their child, I would, I could see the, the parallels. I can see that your perspective, what life is, has handed you 
socially blinds you to the plight of the oppressed. So I, I, I in the same way I feel Hagar, I, I, I feel Meghan Markle. Like I, like I see you, I see you, I see what living in that environment when you're the only person of color, what kind of toll that that will take on you because the other folks that you're interacting with don't see. I'll give you a quick story. I'm at church this past Sunday, my friend comes Chinese man. He has a black lives matter uh, mask on. And there's a member of the church who, I, who I'm very fond of. God has put this person on my heart was really upset. It's, it's a white gentleman. And he was really upset. And he was just like, if I came in here with the MAGA hat on, people would be up in arms, which like, I, I was like, not really dog. Like you probably have some more you know, friends on your side than you would think. But, but he was like, that's so inappropriate to wear that at church. And I was mad, but I knew I needed to act, move in love. But I was just like, so taken aback. I was like, how do you not see these as completely different things? A MAGA hat and a Black Lives Matter because it's the perspective of those who have not had to be oppressed. Not in the way I think African-Americans and Native Americans and basically anyone who's brown had to experience. You don't get it. You don't get when I see Black Lives Matter. To me, that's like that phrase means freedom to me. It is a cry out um, of the pain that we feel as people of color in this country, the, the generational pain. I have that perspective. If you don't submit yourself to be humble and sit at the feet of those who are oppressed, you are missing such an important part of who Jesus was. You will walk right, right, right past Hagar and, and feel nothing that this woman was <laughs> like a property. How do you not see that? Because you can't. And so I don't know what the solution is, but what's happening in England is the same thing that happens here. So, Clay, you're talking about perspective. For you personally, being an interracial marriage, yeah, do you feel like there's maybe some sort of perspective or insight that you could add into this conversation just from your experience? Yeah, my wife is Romanian and race is definitely like it's pretty clear that it's not a normal thing. Still, I, I hear comments. I've had conversations that I've had to, the Lord has had to shut me up because the stuff that I was hearing was really hurtful. And so there's so much connotation that comes with. So see, again, like I see Meghan Markle, like I, I understand the challenges of being in an interracial uh, marriage. It is, it's real. It's of no surprise to me that she felt that type of way from the royal family because it still is a thing it's not as innocuous as people um, would like to believe that it is yeah it breaks my heart just hearing about the, the the child and being worried about the the skin tone now was i in that conversation i don't know what went down but is it hard for me to believe that it went down the way that she put it no <laughs> not that hard to believe i am a big proponent of you got to hear both sides but I think that as I was listening to that whole story, and it's super romantic, right? And to me, like, I still see this as a W for Black women, that a white man was willing to leave it all and force his Black wife. And I know Black women, sometimes they don't feel appreciated enough to see that level of commitment. So that's dope. But I also, to me, man, like, I see elements of the gospel in the story. I see elements of 
So Jesus, he was co-heirs. He is co-heirs, but he was, he, Philippians 2 talks about him not considering his deity, not considering all the things that he had worthy of, to, to be held on to and humbling himself. He took on a uh, human uh, flesh and, and he still remained God, but he took on uh, human flesh and he left the throne, right? Everything that he owned in order to pursue us, in order to pursue the people that he loved. And it was a lot of scorn and it was a lot of rejection that he faced from the human beings that he was pursuing. And he eventually got strung up on a cross for it. But he felt it as the sacrifice um, was worth the pursuit of that love and that commitment. And it's a, obviously it's not a one-to-one story, but I, I do think it's admirable for Prince Harry to go, look, I love this woman and I'm not going to let the racist, disgusting view of who I should marry and who I should be with destroy the love that I have for this woman. And for me, it, I just ask the question of what are we willing to sacrifice? And it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic love, right? In this context, it's romantic love. But if we knew that something was right and worth pursuing, what would be what would we be willing to let go? Because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people who would look at being an official member of the royal family and the security and the money and all of that comes with that and go, I'm not leaving this for anything or anybody. So it is admirable. And I wish them the best. I hope that their love lasts till death do they part. Right. Because I, I, and I think that it, it does give us a picture, though, of there are certain things that Trump having material wealth and status and approval from people. Right. If having approval and material things cause you to forsake what is right and what is good and what is worth pursuing, then it's not worth keeping. So I, that's like the meta life story that I take from this whole thing. And I'm wishing them the best, man. Cool, guys. Yo, thank you guys so much for listening to the City Image Podcast, man. It's always a joy. We, we thank you so much for your support. And so, yeah, man, continue to rock with us through 2021. Um, I am Bryant, the Theological Giant. This is Andy Young Nassau County. This is Clay, a.k.a. Don Sterling. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you in the next episode. City Image.